0: Hi, and welcome to the Fearlessly Kind podcast, all about creating a kinder girl world. My name is Kate Whitfield, and I am the founder and CEO of Fearlessly Girl, speaker, author, and girls empowerment expert. Each week, join me and our incredible Fearlessly Kind facilitators as we share our tips and strategies to raise and educate strong, empowered young women and lead by example as we inspire a generation of girls to be kinder to themselves and each other. Hello, my fearless family. I'm so excited to be back with a brand new podcast for you. I recorded this podcast about a month ago, and then a whole bunch of life happened, and I realized that I need to be better <laughs> with getting um, kind of podcasts recorded ahead of time, so that when life does happen you will still be getting really fantastic content and interviews, um, all about creating a kinder girl world. So my apologies on that. Thank you for being patient. Uh, this is a really, this is such a fun episode. Um, But before we dive into that, I did want to give you a few fearlessly kind updates before we get into it and before I introduce our fabulous, amazing guests for the the episode today. Um, First of all is we now have the five-day build your dream girls empowerment business bootcamp available for free so there is a paid version that has all the really super juicy bonuses but the free version is fantastic for those of you that are curious about what it looks like what it takes to start a girls empowerment business or program or a girls group or one day event or multi-day event or parent-daughter events or whatever it is these five days of trainings really walk you through everything you need to think about to get your girls empowerment, whatever it is, um, up off the ground, running. And it's just it's such a perfect time with the summer coming up and kids being off school for you to be thinking about offering programming in your community. So that's free. You can hop on over to fearlesslykind.com and there's a banner right at the very top of the page that takes you to the registration page and um, it's so good. There's so much goodness in it. So if you're interested, if you've at all thought about it, there is a free version of the bootcamp now that is phenomenal and will get you started and on on the path to really creating a kinder girl world. So check that out. And for those of you that are interested in being a facilitator, we have spots open for the um, Fearlessly Kind certification program, which again is... The summer is such a perfect time to take it because you can get through the content, you know, depending on how much time you want to spend. Some people have done it in a weekend. Some people have taken a few weeks. Some people have taken a month or so to do it. So it is very customizable to your schedule and what time you have available. But if you're interested in becoming certified as a Fearlessly Kind facilitator, having our entire vault of programming and materials and templates and everything you need to get started running programs that you're getting paid for this summer definitely check that out again head to fearlesslykind.com for all of that um anyway just a quick update on those two things let me introduce you to our incredible guests today so For the past several years, um, I mean, pre COVID, the past several years, I was so lucky to do so much work in the quad cities, um, Iowa, Illinois, and I met our two guests um, from Rock Island High School in Rock Island, Illinois, and they have built what I think is one of the best girls' groups, girls' programs in a school that i have ever seen and i mean you hear me in the interview like i'm a raving fan of of these two women and the work that they've done and working with the girls their group is called the um rock island riveters and the rocky riveters and they are just um such incredible young women it's such a cool concept with what they've done the impact they've been able to have the people they've been able to reach and just the amount of um cool incredible life-changing opportunities they have provided for the girls in the group and the girls in their school in general they brought me and madison keys out to do so many summits we actually hosted our first summit together at that high school and so it's i've got a very (laughs) I, i really do have um a spot in my heart for This school and this program, and these two women. So, I would love to introduce you to Sarah Myers and Amanda Randolph, who are in charge of running this group and who I've gotten to work with for so many years. And the reason I wanted them on the podcast was because they have so much wisdom to share on how they've built something really, really phenomenal that has lasted. It has lasted year over year, and girls are excited to be a part of it. And it really is girl led, girl driven. So, Anyway, totally fantastic, completely phenomenal program. Um, Let's dive into the interview. Okay, so I just want to welcome Sarah and Amanda to the podcast from all the way from Rock Island, Illinois. Welcome, guys. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks. Good Good to be with you, Kate.
0: Well, I appreciate it so much. And the reason why I really wanted to have you on the podcast today, because we do have a lot of um, educators who listen to the podcast and what you two have done with the Rocky Riveters, which I want you to really kind of dive in, in a little bit and tell us all about is really incredible. It's such an incredible program that you have running at your school. And just to give everyone an idea Um, of what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm just going to read the kind of five-year recap that you have on your Facebook page. So uh, let's start with the four seminars you've done with Fearlessly Girl and professional tennis player, Madison Keys. You've done a children's book drive, which resulted in 250 books with strong female Main characters being donated to your district's elementary schools. Amazing. Um, a successful bra and menstrual product drive, which collected 23,000 products. <laughs> so incredible. And over a thousand bras. Um, John Deere field trip with interactive activities to highlight opportunities for our girls in STEM careers. Countless guest speakers, ranging from members of Congress to college professors three Christmases of holiday shopping with the Milan women's group um, to give presents to kids in need for the holidays and attending the national Rosie, the Riveter convention. <laughs> so mind blowing. Um, so incredible. What does that feel like to kind of hear that read back to you?
2: Well, I mean, it makes you feel really proud. We, um, we co-sponsor this club because we're passionate about um, elevating the voices of girls in our building. And so it's it's good to know that we're making a difference and uh, that
1: our community supports our initiatives.
0: That's yeah,
1: so- um, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, please go ahead, please go ahead. No, it, it is just, it's neat to kind of like hear that some of that stuff back to I guess just remember how involved a lot of our our students are and our Riveters are in the community and how, how much giving back to the community has just been a a big part of what they wanted to do and hopefully what the Riveters continue to do.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's truly incredible. It's so inspiring. How did it all get started?
1: Um, so five years ago, um, we both kind of taught the same group of kids, um, these, these group of girls, um, um, they talked to Amanda, they talked to me after class just about uh, just like politics or issues that tend to be geared towards women. Um, and we, you know, we'd be writing them passes to their next class because we'd end up talking to them for a little bit during passing periods or or any free moments in class. And then the election happened in 2016. Um, and that kind of got us down quite a bit. Um, and I remember I read this book, it was called Off the Sidelines by Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. And it was about like taking action. Um, And I think I finished it and I called Amanda and I was like, I think we need to start a club. And little did we know, the girls that had been kind of talking to us were like, oh, we already have a name picked out. Like we already know what we wanna call it. Um, And so it just kind of came about that way. We got board approval really quickly. Um, And that's kind of how the Riveter started.
0: Wow. I mean, it's it's amazing how all the pieces just fell into place so, so perfectly. Um, what, how did, what's the kind of setup of the Riveters? Like, is there kind of like le- girls in leadership that run events and programs for other girls? Like, how is the kind of general setup of it?
2: So it doesn't really have necessarily a specific structure. You know, we are in a rebuilding process post-COVID. But in the past, how it's operated is, you know, all of the girls or students in the club can be stakeholders and they come to us with ideas. Um, There's no formal officers, no president or vice president. So I think everybody is able to take ownership of the club and feel as though their thoughts uh, are valued and matter. And they bring suggestions to us, whether that be community service initiatives or guest speakers that they might want to hear from. And then Sarah and I see if we can't make their hopes a reality.
0: <laughs> I love that. It's a real like co creation process between you and the girls. And I do really love to hear that, like, everyone has, you know, a, a super important role in it without having necessary like you know the leaders and things like that in place i think that's really i think that's really cool and i will say after all the summits that we've done with the riveters i was always so blown away by just how passionate these girls were like just phenomenal leaders they all worked so beautifully together and it really is kudos to you guys for kind of really creating that environment for the girls to thrive like that it's a really it was something that Um, I was always really grateful to be a part of when we'd come and do the summits there. So Um, yes, very much, very much enjoyed working with, with you guys. What were some of the challenges that you might've faced kind of getting this up and running, like from like in the very early stages of it?
1: I, I guess I didn't feel like we had many challenges initially um, because we had such kind of a, this strong group of girls that we're so interested. Um, one of the things I w- was a little bit nervous about um, was one thing we wanted to do was talk about politics and political issues and and getting girls interested in either you know running for something, participating in the political process, things like that. Um, I was nervous we would get pushback for that, and we really we didn't um, because we didn't take you know kind of like a, a partisan side to anything. Um, you know, we've had candidates from, from both sides come and talk to our girls, um, which has been interesting for them as well. Um, I would, I think I was almost kind of blown away at our numbers uh, to start because we have so many girls who would just kind of say, like, they just bring their friends, you know, and we, I think we've had up to 50 girls in, in meetings, especially when you started. I'd say the biggest challenge, honestly, now is just kind of rebuilding post COVID. Um, I'd say that's where our challenges have been more than anything else. And I think a lot of school groups are facing that right now. I, I run the yearbook too. And, you know, we're, we're running into the same issues of just getting kids like back in front of people and, and with their peers in person, not just on a, on a screen. Um, that I think has, has been the biggest challenge I think that we've faced so far as a group.
2: Yeah, and one, one additional challenge that I can think of, and for educators listening who might be interested in doing something like this, you know, Sarah and I volunteer our time to this club. It's not anything we receive a stipend for, and so as we started to get opportunities those first, you know, the first year or two that would require a school bus, Um, You know, that's something we have to figure out a way to pay for. And so we've done several uh, t-shirt designs that we've sold to make, you know, two bucks, three bucks a t-shirt. And that's allowed us to establish, you know, uh, a financial account in the building with our secretaries. But that's one other, I guess, challenge is we don't receive any money for the club. And so doing a little bit of our own fundraising yeah. was also something to consider for educators out there interested in doing this.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, I think uh, I think that's often a challenge when it comes to creating groups like this on campuses is like, where's the money going to come from? But did you find like when you did the t-shirts and things like that, like was the school community, you know, kind of excited and willing to support that? Or, you know, was it um, was that also difficult? Oh,
1: um, Overwhelming. Yes, <laughs> they they um overwhelmingly supportive. um We actually I'm wearing my Riveter shirt now, and it was our second design I think. Um, and yeah, we had people you know messaging us like, oh, we want to order still. And I mean, finally we just kind of had to shut it down because we had. I mean, I bet we had. We just had so many orders, uh, which was cool. And it was neat to see kind of you know like little grade school kids wearing the shirts or or. Um, Our former, my former teachers, I know that you've had, uh, I think your former professor has. Oh, absolutely.
2: We were selling ones like 3T. You know, my best friend's daughter has one. So (laughs) both of our shirt designs say Rocky Riveters on the front. Um, The back of our first shirt said, nevertheless, she persisted. And the back of the shirt that Sarah is currently wearing says, empowered women empower the world.
0: Ooh, love that. I love that. Well, I have. I still have my my vintage Rocky Riveter's t shirt that I still have that I love. So, every, and every time I wear it, I'm just always so inspired because. You know, just seeing the, you know, the work that you guys have done and that you continue to do and just like the longevity of it. I know you said, you know, you're rebuilding a bit after COVID, which is definitely to be expected after the last few years of everything. But just seeing the consistency of what you've continued to do has been really inspiring. And that's something that I know a lot of schools struggle with because initially, like there's often that excitement, right? Like you're starting something new and then you get all the girls showing up and then it kind of like gets a little, you know, less involvement, have, what have you done in the past to kind of keep that, that going, like keep the excitement going, or has it just been very organic
1: for you and the girls? I think a lot of it has been organic. Um, and luckily we just had and again, kind of pre COVID, we've just had kids that are excited to come back. It was kind of just their group of friends. Um, you know, we'd see them all the time and we'd, you know, keep pestering them, you know, make sure you're at the meeting. Um, I think one thing that has helped us a lot, like Amanda has said, is we start out pretty much every year asking the girls, like, what do you want to do? Who do you want to hear from? What kind of projects do you want to take on? Um, and that also has really kind of helped to get the community involved. Um, like we still have our Riveter moms who like continually help with projects and their daughters have graduated two (laughs) and three years ago or, or maybe more. And, you know, they're still helping with stuff, which is, is pretty awesome. Um, so I, I guess I think really, um, making the focus of whatever we're taking on in the year, uh, what the girls want to do. I think that that definitely helps us, um, getting that feedback initially kind of brings the kids back.
0: Well, I love that. I mean, and that's, that's such a great way to, you know, you're not just talking about leadership, but the girls are really having an opportunity to co-create something really incredible that they want to be a part of and having that ownership of it and knowing that they played a part in it is so empowering. I mean, that was one thing I loved about all the events that we did together with your girls was that they just were so excited to be a part of it. Like, I, and I just, there were so many of them too. I remember coming in once and doing the leader training part of the summit. And I thought it was like the whole group like the whole school was already there, but it was it was just them. It was just the leaders. <laughs> there were so many girls involved. And um, yeah, I just, I, I love seeing that. And I love seeing the pride that they have you know in wearing those t-shirts and being a part of that community it's it's so empowering and that's why I think so many schools can learn from this because it's so important for girls to have an opportunity to get together like this and do some of the incredible things that they've done and so I'm just curious like over the years of doing this what kind of changes and growth What kind of growth do you see in the girls from, you know, maybe the first, from the first meeting that they're a part of until they graduate and leave?
2: Yeah, so we've had a lot of our riveters, you know, go on both to college and career. Um, We were very fortunate to bring in uh, U.S. Congresswoman Sherry Bustos. It might have been about a year and a half after we had founded the club. But one of our riveters got to talking with her afterwards at the Q&A session and later had an internship at U.S. Congresswoman Sherry Bustos' office. Wow. Um, We've also coordinated opportunities. We've brought graduated riveters back to talk to club members um, about At that point, they were talking about their college experiences. And so just helping them network with other girls uh, to all have, like, we all need a sounding board. We all need allies. We all need people that we can look up to and aspire to become. And so we've had a lot of older riveters serve as great mentors for younger riveters. And Sarah and I just tell these girls that they can be anything and they can do anything. And we've written plenty of letters of recommendation (laughs) and served as job references. And so we just see, um, you know, we, we see these girls setting goals for themselves and working really hard to achieve them and knowing that if they struggle along the way they have a group of allies and friends and all of us that they can turn to in in times of need or they can turn to when they need somebody to celebrate their successes with.
1: And I think it's really cool to, um, especially to see kind of the the quiet freshmen when they've started and and then by the time they're a junior and senior or sometimes a sophomore, I mean, it just depends uh, kind of how they, they change through the years like step into that leadership role, um, you know, and kind of, I don't, you know, lead certain discussions and meetings. Um, I always think that's one of the neatest uh, progressions to see um, with, with a group of kids. Um, and it's cool because we've had like little siblings and, you know, things like that come through. And I don't know, it, it is just so neat to see them kind of blossom as as they go as cliche as that sounds but it really is cool to see this like little I guess a quiet freshman just all of a sudden become a leader um I think that's one of the neatest things
0: no totally I I love I love that too I mean it's such a beautiful transformation that you get to witness and creating that space for these girls to have that opportunity I mean this is like it's going to be with them their whole lives you know like this is such an impactful Thing. And especially for girls and girl world and how girls can treat each other, what I was always so impressed with about the Riveters was just like like what you say, that sense of sisterhood and support and having each other's backs. And I just always felt like the girls could be so authentic with each other. And so themselves, you know, like it was a, it was always, I always loved when I got to come and do any kind of work with, uh, with you guys, because it was a beautiful thing to see. And I just wish more girls had the opportunity to come together like this and um, you know, and be like really proud of themselves for what they're creating, because it really is like a co-creation process between you and the girls. And it's a, it's just so empowering. So I'd love to know now, like I'd really love to pick your brains because you have done something so great with this. What advice, like what advice would you give to other educators
1: wanting to start something like this in their schools? Um, I would say definitely, like what we said, start with the student interests. Um, that again, I think has been such a key thing. I know people have said like, oh, you know, like what's, what are you guys doing this year? And I'm like, oh, well, I don't, I don't know. There's, we have some ideas, you know, for each year, we like to do a community service project. There's some things that we've kind of always done. Um, but it really depends on the interests of the girls and what they're, they're passionate about. I would say this group that we have is more community service oriented than like politics or, um, one thing that we tried to do for a long time was like bring in women who are in careers that women often are not in. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say this group we have wants to get out into the community. They want to make a difference like right now. Um, and, I think that is more their focus. So each year it's kind of, it's different, um, but getting their feedback right away about what they want to do is, is so important. And then once we do kind of have an idea of that, um, just start reaching out into the community. We've had so many, I, I, so, so much luck, um, with our community resources, like people we know, parents, of students yeah, our
2: local alderman like, yeah reached out
1: to us with an opportunity yeah so
2: as you start to listen to what the girls are interested in sarah does a great job of maintaining our facebook page so mm-hmm. shameless plug if anybody wants to check out what we've been up to <laughs> yeah. you can search for the rocky riveters on facebook but we'll get people that message us, you know, via Facebook. Mm-hmm. We had a local organization, uh, the Milan Women's Club, heard about our group and then reached out to us. They shop for kids in need uh, during the Christmas holiday, and they were just like, "Hey, yeah. we need people to shop for gifts. Would your girls be interested?" And that turned into, you know, free Christmases. Uh, shopping with the Milan Women's Club, so you'd be surprised. I think that society is more aware of, you know, of the voices and the contributions of women, and so people want to get behind
1: a girl group. They really do. And and I think it's it's really cool too when we do have people from the community reaching out to us, or we do make those connections because then it's it's really neat to see just how eager teenagers are to like you know be out there in the community to to find some way that they can make an impact because um, you know sometimes teenagers get a little bit of a bad reputation but they want to take action they want to do things I think they just don't always know like where to put that energy um so it is really neat to like do that networking for them get the kids involved um because like I said it, they want to get out there um and it gives them some good connections to hopefully take into the future as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that you mentioned that about teenagers sometimes getting a bad rap or often even getting a bad rap, but the more, you know, I do these interviews and, you know, especially now, I mean, even more so than maybe five or 10 years ago when I started doing this, I really do feel like teenage girls right now are just so passionate about just getting out there taking control of their futures, setting really cool goals and wanting to do good and being able to provide a framework for them to kind of do that and figure it all out within the school is so it's so important. I mean, honestly, I think it's so important. And you guys get to see that you get to see that with your girls every single day. So I do hope I do hope if there are any educators listening to this that maybe are inspired to do this just to kind of like get get out there and I mean from what it sounds like with when you started it wasn't like you even necessarily had like a real framework or like a club outline Mm -hmm. or anything like is that right you just sort of listened to the girls and went from there
2: we kind of had some goals yeah that we wanted like we had that idea we want to bring in women from the community you Mm -hmm. know to talk the girls to help them you know start to have those role models to start to think about what they could do post high school we knew we wanted to do some community service and and maybe read some articles about what was happening across the nation Mm -hmm. um, in terms of women's
1: rights but but then from there yeah it's been a very it was a very loose structure of of what we were hoping to to achieve and yeah, I'd say the girls just took it and ran.
0: Yeah. no, know it's amazing. How often do you meet with the girls?
1: Well, I mean, again, post-COVID, it certainly has been, has been different. Yeah. Um, we've, we've done a couple meetings this year. Before that, was it like once a month
2: maybe? Yeah, once a month, once every three weeks. You know? And it would vary. If we were, when we were in the heat of our broad menstrual product drive, you know, we were meeting, it seemed like weekly or bi-weekly because yeah. <laughs> we set donation boxes out for that. Um, mm-hmm. not only in our building, but in both our middle schools and all of the elementary schools, mm-hmm. we dropped off donation boxes. We had them in local coffee shops and, you know, sandwich restaurants and things like that. And so girls were responsible to collect donations and to go kind of like check the donation boxes and so there you know I feel like we keep saying the same thing but we just kind of gauge it based off of what the need is yeah Um, we just met last week and then coming up here in two weeks we have a community cleanup is going to be our service project for fourth quarter so one of our riveters talked to her alderman and got trash bags and rubber gloves donated and we're just you know going out on a Saturday and picking up trash so little things like that little things like that can make a big difference and it costs us no money
0: yeah that's that's beautiful how do you keep in touch with all those girls like do you have an email system do you have like a text thing like how do you
1: coordinate with all the girls and keep them up to date on what's going on So our current members, we use um, the Remind app, Um, and so they'll sign up for our Remind at the start of the year when we, you know, all the kids can sign up for um, the different clubs. So once they're their numbers in our system, um, we'll send out messages, you know, when we have meetings, things like that. Um, We try and keep the Facebook page uh, pretty updated. We'll also, you know, do daily announcements, things like that. and then, I, don't, I mean, former members, I'd say, you know, maybe they friend us on Facebook or we still have their numbers or, you know, things like that. Um, but the Remind app has been very, very helpful uh, for current members and, and keeping up with announcements.
0: That's great. That's, I know that's, that's a hot tip for sure <laughs> for yes. anyone that's wondering, how do, we, how do we coordinate with all these girls who are a part of it? I love it. Um, Okay, so I mean, I could ask you a million more questions, but I, you know, will be mindful and respectful of your time. What does the future hold for the Riveters? And I understand after our conversation that it is very girl-driven and you don't know from year to year. But if you were to zoom out and kind of see the big picture, what uh, what's the big picture kind of moving forward for the Riveters?
2: Yeah, so we have, um, we do keep a document between Sarah and I of potential guest speakers for the future. So hopefully now that um, the mask requirement, you know, is, is things are kind of loosening up a little bit, we would like to get some guest speakers definitely back into the building, mm-hmm. um, you know, hopefully, maybe some more collaborations with Fearlessly Girl and yourself, Kate.
0: <laughs> oh, love that. I love the sound of that. <laughs>
2: you know, and uh, just seeing where things go from here, getting membership back up a little bit, getting some more girls interested.
1: Um, and yeah, I, I think just getting more girls and, and kids just back involved in all school activities, you know, after, after being cooped up in the pandemic, um, again, I think, uh, the community service piece, that's always been a big part of what we do. So I'd like to keep, uh, finding new creative ways for them to get involved in the community. Um, that's one of my my biggest goals, I would say, for the Riveters.
0: So cool. It's so fantastic. Well, I'm just, I'm so thankful for you guys coming on and sharing what you've done and how, how you're doing it. And um, because I, I really do feel now more than ever, girls need things like this. Like, especially coming out of the pandemic, they've been cooped up they've been isolated they've been you know missing out on like important events and milestones and it's been really difficult but now for girls to have the opportunity to reconnect with each other and just kind of get back out into the world it's so so important and I I just love what you guys have done I love how girl driven it is and the results that you've achieved really, like they speak for themselves. I mean, just reading that paragraph um, at the that I read out in the beginning, it's really incredible um, to see the ground that you guys have covered and the impact that you've had over the last five years. And I really just cannot wait to see what's next, what's in store. And I will put the link to the Facebook page in the show notes of the podcast, because um, if you're listening to this and you have any desire whatsoever to do something like this in your schools, I really do think that the the uh, Rocky Riveter Facebook page is such a great place to get inspiration. So um, any final thoughts as we wrap this up? Maybe some advice, last words of advice for anyone that might want to be doing something like this in their school. Um, this, I guess we're at the end of the school year, so <laughs> for the coming school year coming up.
1: Um, I would say do it, try it. It's been so neat to watch and to see the girls, just like I said, take off. Um, Even if you start small, which is what we did, we started very small, Um, it's totally worth it.
2: Yeah, exactly what Sarah said. And if anybody, you know, you can message us on our Facebook page. And so if anybody out there has questions for us, you know, we would be more than happy um, to try to answer your questions or to give you advice or to elaborate more on some of the projects we've done and some of the guest speakers that we've brought in, um, because it's it's always nice to help fellow educators and um, just whatever we can do to assist, we are here.
0: Well, I appreciate that so, so much. Thank you both so much. Like I said, I'm going to link the info in the show notes so everyone can come find you and check you out. And um, yeah, thank you again so much, guys. I appreciate you so much.
2: Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, Kate.
0: Okay. Fantastic. Right. So cool. So amazing. Um, I really hope that after listening to this podcast and I know it's the end of the school year, Now, I will definitely reshare this at the beginning of the school year or leading up to it because if you are interested in doing something like this, like really giving girls this kind of opportunity in your school if you're an educator or if you're a parent and you want something like this for your daughter in her school, go to fearlesslygirl.com and check out our club program. Um, It's super affordable. I want it to be something that is available to all girls in all schools um, just to get started and really make it your own like I'm a big believer in all our programs kind of really providing the foundation but then you're able to infuse your own vision your own goals your own kind of topics of interest all of that stuff within it so our club program the club kit gives you the basics, everything you need to know to kind of get started and do something like this in your school. So check that out. And again, I just want to thank Amanda and Sarah so much for sharing their wisdom and not only that, but just really dedicating themselves to this program. And I know the impact it's had on these incredible young women and they've gone on to do so many incredible things. And I know that's, you know, a a large in, in large part due to what Amanda and Sarah have done. So anyway, Thank you so much for tuning in and um, if you have any questions about getting a girls group started in your school, head to fearlesslygirl.com. The contact page is right there and you can send me an email and I'd love to share um, any and all tips and resources and strategies I have for you. So I will see you next week. Thank you so much and um, we'll talk soon.